0: And also, the prettiest piano player in the world. I'm so grateful she played for us tonight. Turn your Bibles to the book of Revelation, please. The book of Revelation. Probably the most popular book of the Bible, but the most misunderstood book of the Bible. And uh, many preachers will not preach on it because they don't understand it. Many people, uh, preachers, preach on it too much. They just go to seed and preach on it all the time. So there is a balance. Uh, if you take out your notes, please. What I am going to encourage you to do tonight is, if you haven't already, uh, we're going to, the notes we're going to hand out, always have three whole punch. We have notebooks available uh, for you to put these in. In fact, the, note, the notes I'm preaching from are right in this notebook. I'm using it too. So I'll be handing out notes every Wednesday night. And I encourage you, these notebooks, are around $12, $15, we're selling them for $5 apiece. So we're losing money on them. And we want you to have one, so uh, again, you can get that, put your notes in it every week. And when you finish the book, you have the whole book, Study the Revelations, right there in the notebook. So uh, I encourage you to do that. So with that in mind also, in your uh, prayer sheet tonight, there was an insert called Suggested Topics for Bible Institute Classes. We told you I'd give that out to you a couple weeks ago. And we'd like for you to maybe write down some topics or books or subjects you'd like to be covered in the Bible Institute. We cannot promise we'll cover the, all of them, but usually we have uh, maybe five or six people requesting the same topic, we'll try to cover that. So if you would, take that, fill that out, and when you leave, I hand them to Brother Phil in the back, or hand them to me, I'll be back there, and we'll consider uh, adding them to our summer not a summer, but our fall Bible Institute. Right now, we're planning to start that the last Wednesday in October. And it'll be for six consecutive weeks. And so uh, we encourage you to fill out. And maybe the topic you'd like to see us do a study on will be a part of that. Can't promise it, but we'll do our best to include the ones that seem to be the most suggested, the most popular requested. So keep that in mind. So if you want to take out your notes tonight that you had in your prayer sheet, And we're going to begin our study on the book of Revelation and uh, a wonderful book. And we're going to look at that tonight. So let's begin on your first page there again, it talks about a study of the book of Revelation and verse 19 of chapter one, it has a clear outline of the whole book of Revelation, a clear outline. Look in verse 19, please. Then I'll give you the three major divisions written right here in the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, verse 19. Verse 19, it says, write. Here, the Spirit of God is speaking to John. He says, write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Notice here, the Spirit of God gives us the outline of the book of Revelation. So the three major divisions, first of all, number one, is the things which thou hast seen. If you would fill that out, please. In the first division, number one, that is chapter one in the book of Revelation, the things which thou hast seen. Number two, the second division is the things which are. That's chapters two and chapter three. And he's talking about the seven churches in Asia, which we'll cover. Of course, not tonight. I don't think we'll get through the notes I handed out tonight. And tonight. What I'm going to try to do is quit every Friday night, I mean Wednesday night, right on time, right at eight, 8 o'clock, because we do have parents, the children back there in Iwana, to pick them up. Our Iwana workers say if they're left over one minute after the time they're finished, they turn to werewolves. So we know what we want to make sure you get your kids on time. So again, number one, the things which I have seen, number two, the things which are, and number three, the things which shall be hereafter the things which shall be hereafter. That's verses, I'm sorry, chapter 4 through 22. Those are probably the most interesting uh, chapters of the book. Number one, the things which thou hast seen. Number two, the things which are. And number three, the things which shall be hereafter. And so chapter 4 through chapter 22, notice the topics it covers. Letter A, it covers the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. We're going to look at that in our study. The rapture of the church is the first phase of the Lord's second coming. The first phase. The rapture of the church is the Lord coming for his saints. The Lord coming for his saints. We'll go in more detail when we cover that. Letter B. Next it covers the seven-year tribulation. The seven-year tribulation. After the rapture of the church, when God removes all believers from the earth, Only unbelievers will be left behind. Then God pours out his wrath upon this earth in the seven-year tribulation. And we're going to talk about that. That's the most of the book of Revelation covers those uh, judgments God pours out on this earth during that time. I'm so glad we won't be here. God removes his church before that happens. And we're going to show you that in Scripture. Let her see the next thing in there is the revelation of Jesus Christ the revelation of Jesus Christ. Remember, the second coming of Christ has two phases, two aspects. The first one is the rapture. The Lord comes for his saints. Remember that. The revelation is the Lord comes with his saints. These two events are divided by the seven-year tribulation. Most people, when they think about the second coming, they think about the revelation. And, And the second coming is more than just revelation. Uh, So, that is also covered in this book. Letter D. The next thing covered in the book Revelation is also the millennial kingdom of Christ. The millennial kingdom. The word millennial means a thousand years. The Lord, when he comes back at the Revelation, he will establish a kingdom which will last 1,000 years. That's what the word millennial means. He'll establish his kingdom. He'll rule and reign on this earth for 1,000 years. During that time. Letter E. Letter E. Then we have after the millennial kingdom. The judgment of Satan. The judgment of Satan. Satan is taken. During the millennium. We're going to see that he's bound. In uh, in a pit. For 1000 years. Then he's loosed at the end of the millennium. He'll gather together again. People of the unbelievers. To go against God. And God will judge him. And he will be cast in the lake of fire. Which God prepared just for him. That's the judgment. Letter F. After the judgment of Satan. We have what is called the great. White throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. This is the judgment of unbelievers of all time. And the great white throne. Now don't confuse the great white throne. From the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. Is the judgment for believers. That will occur during the. Uh, tribulation period while we're in heaven. So again, the next event on God's calendar, if God had a big if you went to God, heaven, and if God would have an office, I don't believe he does, but just illustration, if he had an office on his office while he had a calendar of all future events. The next world event on God's calendar would be the rapture. When he comes back from heaven, and he takes snatches all believers from the earth, and we meet him where? In the air, and we go to heaven. And then while we're in heaven, that seven-year tribulation wrath of God has poured out on the earth, and during that time we're in heaven, and that's when the judgment seat of Christ will occur. While we're in heaven, he's going to judge believers to determine the degree of rewards in heaven. But this is not the Great White Throne. People get those confused. The Great White Throne mentioned here after the judgment of Satan is for the unbelievers. For unbelievers, and they will be judged to determine the degree of suffering in hell. And letter G, the last thing covered in the book of Revelation, is the new heavens and the new earth. You can read about that in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. The new heavens, new earth. That's all covered. So we're going to cover all this, not tonight, so don't worry. <laughs> this will probably be over the next several months, probably into the next year. We're going to try to cover Revelation verse by verse. So you can see how this will take a while. And so we're going to try to cover a portion of chapter 1 tonight. So turn your next page or turn your notes over to the next page. And we're going to begin our study on the book of Revelation in chapter 1. Remember, this is the things which thou hast seen. Verses 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. So first of all, who is the writer, the human writer of this book? The Apostle John, how many books in the Bible did John write? Five. What are they? Then we have the Gospel of John called St. John. Then you have First John, Second John, Third John and Revelation. He's the human author. Now the, the, the true author is the Holy Spirit. All these books are written by men inspired of God. And so the last book that John wrote was the Book of Revelation way, well, Revelation is the last book of the Bible and the last revelation of God to men in written form. When Revelation was finished, there no, are no more books that God has given to man. It's the last book of Revelation, of written revelation of God to man is the book of Revelation, which we're going to cover in our study. So the theme of this book, of course, is the revelation of Christ. The theme that Christ is coming back to this earth. And uh, what a wonderful time that will be. And the purpose, please fill in these blanks, the purpose of this book is to reveal events that would take place immediately before, during, and following the second coming of Christ. The events that will take place before, during, and following the second coming. And then we talk about the second coming. That is referring to the revelation. Now remember, generally when you think of the second coming, you, you think when Christ comes back to this earth. Remember the, revel- the rapture, we meet him in the air. He doesn't come back to the earth. He snatches us up in heaven, takes us. And we meet him there, takes us to heaven. Now the revelation, he'll come back to this earth. He'll put his feet upon the Mount of Olives. He'll establish the kingdom and he'll rule and reign on the earth. So again, the rapture, don't miss this now, the Lord what, comes for His saints and takes us to heaven. The revelation, the comes, Lord comes with His saints. He comes back, takes us back with Him to this earth and establishes His kingdom. At that time, the first thing that happens is called the Battle of Armageddon. You've heard of that when He comes back. So, number one here. This is the first uh, part, the first uh, major division. The things which thou hast seen. Verses, chapter 1, verse 1 through 20. Introduction. And look with me in verses 1. You got your Bibles open? Look with me in verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through verse 3. This is the introduction of this book. Verse 1, Revelation 1, verse 1. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. God the Father gave unto him, the Son, to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse 2. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all of all things that he saw. Verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth and they which hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So look on your notes there, please, where it says introduction, number one there. It said, God the Father gave the contents of the book to Christ, who gave it to an angel and to give it to the apostle John. And it says there in verse, uh, verse uh, one, and he sent and signified by his name. the word signified there means indicates that the book uses signs and symbols to convey the truth. That's where there's so much difference of opinion in the book of Revelation. Because a lot of signs and symbols as given in this book, we're going to cover those in our study. But that's what the word signified means there in verse 1. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. In verse 2 there, in fact, verse 3. Look at it in verse 3. Let me read it again, then you can fill in the blanks. It says, Blessed is he that does three things. Please fill in your blank there. A blessing is pronounced on those who do three things. Number one, who read this book. Here is a blessing pronounced upon those who read this book. How many of you read the book of Revelation? My friend, there's a blessing of God upon those who do that. That's what it says here. Number two, the next blessing is those that hear the words of this prophecy. Those that hear the words of this prophecy. And the third blessing is those who keep. Those who keep those things written in this book. So, a threefold blessing. If you want a blessing from God, it comes from reading the book of Revelation, hearing the words of this prophecy, and keeping those things which are written in this book. So, I encourage you as we cover this book, and uh, that you would keep those in mind how you can have a special blessing from God. Letter B. Letter B. Now, look, at it. it talks about the Christ. That John knew. In verses 4 through 8. Would Look with me please. In verses 4 through 8. Let me read those. And we'll come back to them individually. In verse 4 of Revelation 1. It said John. To the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be to you. Peace from him. Which is. Which was. And which is to come. And from the seven spirits. Which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail, because of him, even so, amen. Verse 8, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So look on your notes there, please. hope you fill in the blanks. It talks about, that being the Christ that John knew. And notice that here it said it's written to the seven churches. We're gonna, that's chapters 2 and 3. And notice it's from the Godhead. Do you know what the Godhead is? Godhead is another term for the Trinity. God, the Bible said there's one God but He exists in how many persons? Three persons. Now, some people do not believe that because they don't understand it. There's a lot in the Bible I don't understand, but I believe. The Bible said there's one God who exists as the Father, but He also simultaneously exists as the Son and also as the Holy Spirit. All three are God. There's one God. Who exists in three persons. The Father. The Son. And the Holy Spirit. And they're all equal. And they're all mentioned right here. In, in these verses. In verse. Look at it again in verse 4. And you're going to notice this is from all three of these. Verse 4. they Go back to ver, yeah, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be to you and peace. And notice here it says from. Him which is. Which was. And which is to come. And that's the number one there, the Father. This is speaking about God the Father, from Him, the Father, which is, which was, and which is to come. Then it goes on to say, the next one, it says again, the second one, from, from the Holy Spirit, in verse 4. It says, from Him which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, these seven spirits are representative of the Holy Spirit. If you would, please, let me show you this. Hold your finger right here. Go to Isaiah chapter 11, please. Here it gives us seven aspects of the Holy Spirit, which is this reason why Revelation refers to them as the seven spirits, the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 This is the Old Testament. I do not have the page number if you have in the church Bible, but I can remember when I first started learning the Bible, I did not know what any of the books were. And so, there's two things you can do. First, there's the Bible that has the table of contents up front to exactly what page it's on. But also, you ever seen those Bibles have a little thumb index in the pages? We always call them little cheaters, <laughs> but you can put your thumb index right while Isaiah's is, help you find it quickly. But Isaiah 11. Look in verse 2, please. And it mentions here seven aspects of the Holy Spirit, which is referring to there in Revelation, when it says from uh, the seven spirits which are before us throne, In uh, chapter 11, verse 2, and if you don't mind, count them as I cover them. Seven aspects of the Holy, Holy Spirit. In verse 2, it says, and the spirit of what? The Lord, there's one, shall rest upon him. Next, the spirit of what? Wisdom, there's two. And understanding, there's three. And the spirit of counsel, there's four. And of might, there's five. The spirit of knowledge, that's six. And the spirit and the fear of the Lord, that's seven. Each of these represent different aspects of the Holy Spirit. And that's when he goes back in Revelation, when he says, unto you from God, but also the Spirit. From the seven spirits which are from the throne. Now go back to Revelation please. Now we could spend a whole night on each one of these verses. But hopefully you can do more study on them yourself. So John knew and he's writing to the seven churches. From the Godhead the Father. And then also the Holy Spirit. And next in verse 5 the Son. The Son. Come out The Son of God. The Son. It says there in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, 5. Who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings unto the earth. So if, And he goes on to say, in your notes there, please, faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, and the prince the king of the kings. the earth. It says, unto him, letter A, that loved us. Unto him that loved us. How many grateful the Lord loves you? Amen. Unto him that loved us, letter B. Not only did he love us, he washed us. From our sins in his own blood. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. How many grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ? The blood of Christ washes us from our sins for salvation. And continues to wash us from our sins for fellowship. Once we're saved. And let her see. Not only did he love us. He washed us. Let us see. And hath made us kings and priests. Unto God and his father. Made us kings and priests. That is in verse 6, made us kings and priests unto God the Father. To him be glory, dominion, forever and ever. Then notice what it says there in verse. In fact, let's talk a little bit about the kings and priests before going any further. It says here that Jesus Christ did two things. He washed us. He loved us and washed us and made us kings and priests. Do you realize as a believer that you are a king? If you don't mind here, look over in chapter 5, please. Chapter 5, Revelation. Again, there says in Revelation 1 verse 6 that he's made us as believers kings and also priests. Kings and priests. Revelation 5 verse 10, it says this again. And has made us unto our God two things, kings and priests, and we shall what? Reign on this earth when Jesus Christ Establishes his millennial kingdoms on earth for one thousand years. Many of us will reign with him on this earth, because it says here he's made us kings, but also he's made us priests. Made us priests. Go with me, would well, please? If you have your Bibles, I'll keep your finger in Revelation. Go to First Peter chapter two, please. First Peter, is this on the screen? First Peter chapter two. In fact, you don't need to turn and look on the screen, please. Save us time. You can turn if you want to. In chapter 1 Peter 1, 2, 5, look what it says. Peter speaking to believers. He said, ye also as lively stones are built up into a spiritual house and a holy what? Priesthood. Notice here, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. In verse 9, I'll read this to you. It says, but ye are chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you might show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness into marvelous light. Twice as a Christian, you are called a priest. Now, interesting, I remember a story of a, a friend of mine, a, a Christian, and he was uh, uh, was involved in a car accident. He was not hurt. But the person in of the car was hurt severely. And the, um, when he got out of the car to run over there, people all around this person on the ground, they called 911, the ambulance was on his way, and the person evidently was a Catholic and realized that she was hurt very bad and she was crying out for a priest. Now, in her mind, she was probably referring to a Catholic priest. And she was asking, is basically, is there a priest here? Is there a priest here? Because we know Catholics, right before they believe they are pass away, they won't make confession. And is there a priest here? So my friend of mine, who was a believer, volunteered, says, yes, I'm a priest. And by the way, as a Christian, you are too. And went there, and she led, led this person to Christ. She did not lie, she did not maim. She was not a Catholic priest, but she was a priest of the Lord Jesus Christ and led this lady to Christ. And I don't know if she passed away or not, but had an opportunity to share the gospel with her and trusted Christ as Savior. Amen. But it was a wonderful thing. Twice in the Bible, as a Christian, you were called upon a priest. But notice again in verse 5, it says, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. What sacrifices are we to offer as priests? If we are priests, we are, according to the Bible, what sacrifices are we to offer? I want to give you three of them. You can write them down. I'll just give you the verse references. Um, number one, our bodies. Our bodies, the bo- our physical bodies. How many know Romans 12.1? Many of you know this verse. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? A living sacrifice. Holy acceptable God, which is a reasonable service. So the first sacrifice we as believer priests are to offer God is ourselves. Have you ever done that before? I believe the most important decision a person can make, number one, is to trust Christ. That decision determines where you go when you die, that you have eternal life. But the second most important decision a person can make is the dedication of your life to the Lord once you're saved. Here talk about that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Have you ever done that before? As a believer, has there been a time that you come back to the God who saved you? And said, Lord, I want to present myself to live for you. Notice the sacrifice is not a dead one. It's a living sacrifice. God's not calling upon you to die for him, though he has many believers He's asking us to be living sacrifices. So as a believer priest, the first sacrifice we ought to offer is to offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Let me give you another sacrifice. Another one is our praise. Our praise. In Hebrews, go ahead and turn with me to Hebrews 13. Let me show you a couple more sacrifices. The believer priest is the offer of the Lord. The first one is our bodies. These are called spiritual sacrifices. That we are to offer as priests. Because remember he made us both kings. And one day we will reign with him on this earth. And also he's made us priest. Mentioned twice in the book of Peter. But Hebrews 13 verse 15. I believe the reference is up there. It says here. Notice what it says in verse 15. It said by him therefore let us offer what? The sacrifice of. Praise to God, excuse me, continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving what? Thanks to his name. So one sacrifice you can offer to God as a believer priest is offering thanks. I right, about you, my wife and I as a family, every time we eat, before we eat, we give thanks. That is a sacrifice we offer to God for what he's given to us. How many pray for your meals and give thanks? So basically... So it's a a sacrifice of praise. And verse 16 is another one. It talks about not our praise, but our material possessions. Our material possessions. Hebrews 13, 16. After you offer up the sacrifice of praise that is giving thanks, it says, verse 16, but to do good and to communicate. The word communicate, share, means sharing your material possessions with others. It said, forget not for... With such what? Sacrifices. God is well pleased. So what's talking about here, as a believer priest, I'm to offer up sacrifices. The first one is to offer myself to live for Christ. Number two, to sacrifice praise. That means giving thanks to him for all he's done for me. And number three, material possessions. When you see a brother and sister in need, when you give of your material possession, that includes your finances. To them. That is a sacrifice you make to God uh, because of being a priest. Now go back, please, to Revelation chapter 1, this time in verse 7. Our time is just about gone tonight already. We saw in verse the three people, the, the seven churches were from the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. And still talking about the sun here. Letter D, it says, verse seven, he is coming again. Verse seven, Revelation one seven, and we'll wrap it up with this. Revelation one seven, it says, behold, he cometh with clouds, and notice here, and every eye shall see him, that it said they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Here's a question for you. We have right here the answer to it. Of the two aspects of the Lord's coming, what what are they? The rapture and what? Revelation. Now, both of them refer to the second coming. But which of these two aspects is referring to here? In verse 7. Behold, he cometh in with clouds. And here's the key. Every eye shall see him. that's the revelation. At the rapture, remember, he he meets us in the air, and we'll call it, many refer to as the secret part. But all of a sudden, believers are here, and they're gone. I don't think the unbelievers see him. But here, it says, every eye shall see him. When he comes back revelation, he'll come back, every eye shall see him. And uh, so they also which pierced him, all kings of the earth, shall wail because of him. The wailing here, I believe, is not because they're glad to see him. It's a wailing because of judgment that God's going to bring upon the earth. So, on your notes there, please, this is the, the revelation of Christ, not the rapture of the church. When it says here, every eye shall see him, that's a key characteristic of the revelation when he comes back at the end of the tribulation to establish his kingdom. And he's going to. Uh, Had the battle of Armageddon. And so, uh, turn to me, please. And we'll, uh, to the book of Acts chapter 1, please. Acts chapter 1. Here it talks about the second coming, the revelation. This revelation is foretold by angels. Revela- Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 in verse 9. Now, many of you know verse 8, when he says, you shall be witnesses unto me. But verse 9, after he said, we shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Adam, part of the earth. Verse 9, look what he says here. And when he, the Lord Jesus, had spoken these things, Acts 1, 9, while they, the disciples, beheld, he was what? Taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up to start the ascension of Christ, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And who are these two men? These are angels. And he says in verse 11, Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, notice here, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. So how did he go up? He went up bodily, physically, and visibly. He left from the Mount of Olives and the angel said, he shall so come in like manner. When he comes back, he'll come bodily from heaven, physically, visibly, and back to the Mount of Olives. So this, the angels are foretelling, not the rapture here, but the revelation. How do we know this is not the rapture? Now, a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning, we talked about the rapture. Remember that? Who was it revealed the rapture to us? The rapture was called a mystery. Remember that? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so this is not the rapture. We did not have any reference to the rapture until the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians. This is the angels talking about the revelation when Christ comes back. And lastly, go back to uh, Revelation 1. One more scripture and we'll close with this. Revelation 1 and verse 8. Revelation 1, verse 8. We saw verse 7 that he's coming again. In verse 8 notice who he is. This person is the Lord Jesus. There's different titles given to him. Verse 8. Christ said, in my Bible this is an Red letters. How many have red letter edition? That means this is Christ speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the what? Now, what is an Alpha and Omega? It's the first letter and last letter of a Greek alphabet. It's like Sam, the A and the Z. when he's saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. And it says the what? The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, present tense, which was, past tense, and which is to come, future tense, the Almighty. So on your notes there, letter E, who he is? Number one, the Eternal One. The Eternal One. He said, which is, present tense, which was, past tense, and which is to come, future tense. The Alpha, the Omega, begin the Eternal One. And number two, the Almighty. The Almighty. Interesting, we had time, we'll close with this. The Jehovah Witnesses do not believe that Jesus and Jehovah are equal or are the same. And so they will say that Jesus Christ is the mighty God, because it talks about the, uh, that in Isaiah chapter 9, but he's not the Almighty. But notice here, for Jesus Christ, he's called the what? The Almighty. So if they come to you and say Jesus is the mighty God, but the Almighty, then take them to Revelation 1 8. My friend, the Bible says he's the almighty God. All right, we've got to stop. It's 802. Keep your notes. And again, if you want one of these notebooks, we're not trying to make money. We're not because it costs us far more. Jessica has them back there in the back. If you want to get one of these notebooks, you can put your notes in. Uh, please see her or they're always available in the church office. And so let's have a word of prayer and we will wrap it up tonight. Our Father, we just beginning to scratch the surface of a wonderful book called The Revelation. I pray, Father, those who are here tonight, we go back over the scripture we've read and the notes we covered to look at again what the scripture says and receive the blessings that God pronounced upon those who both hear, who read and hear and keep the things written in this book. Help us to obtain the blessings that God bestowed upon those who fulfill those requirements. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you. I looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.